This is The Wrap, episode 61. I'm your host, TJ. The Wrap is normally a weekly show where I talk about the cool and fun things that happened throughout the week, but I thought it appropriate today on Tuesday, December 31st, 2013, the last day of 2013, to do a wrap-up of some of the best films of the year. So let's dive in. I'm going to be uh, working off of my article that I wrote. I tried to make a top 10 list of my favorite films of 2013. I failed at doing that. Top 10 lists are hard, apparently. And uh, it wound up, I, I, I tried to bump to top 15, and then I wound up making it a top 20 films of 2013. Because every one of these films on this top 20 list deserves to be on my top 10, but there are 20. Uh, so, and, and, and that kind of brings up another point that I wanted to make, which is a lot of people every year you have critics and people coming out and saying how bad the year was for films. And, and that certainly is, uh, that certainly has happened this year where people have said how bad the year was in film. And I didn't find it to be so. I, there were a lot of great films. There were a lot of poor films just as there always are, um, People, uh, and I, I include myself, we love to uh, lampoon films that are not uh, great. I, I love to do that every now and again, but I, I also love to focus on films that are good or that I thought were good. So, um, you know, and one more item of, of uh, disclosure before uh, we dive into my top 20 list, and that is that I have not seen all the films I wanted to this year. Um, some of the films I didn't get to see were films that I wanted to see. Some of them were films that I didn't want to see. Uh, I got a little bit sick earlier this month, and uh, that kind of really threw a wrench in my year-end plans for seeing films. I haven't seen Saving Mr. Banks, which I really wanted to see, and, and it's possible that film could wind up on my top 20 list if I had seen it. But I haven't, so that's kind of where we're at. So let's dive in. I'm going to be working backwards from 20 to 1. So number 20, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, uh, three and a half stars. It it uh, barely made my list, but it did make the list, and it deserves to be on here because it is a really good film. Uh, it does deserve to be here. I mean, basically for me, the bottom line is, despite the fact that I think Peter Jackson is given to excesses in his filmmaking now and there's nobody to tell him no, and despite the fact I think he's really jumped the shark, uh, I mean, come on, seriously, splitting this book into three films, one book into three films, is crazy. Uh, but I did enjoy it. I did I did actually see this one in HFR 3D after I saw it in uh, 24 frame per second 2D, and I prefer 24 frame per second 2D. Uh, so make of that what you will. But I did enjoy the film. Uh, it, it is a worthy uh, film, and it is the 20th on my list. And three and a half stars uh, is, is, is decent, you know? It's, it's a decent film. Uh, we talked about it on the uh, Movie Byte podcast, episode 73. I wrote a review about it. Uh, you'll find those linked up in the show notes. Number 19, Ender's Game, three and a half stars. This film was not a slam dunk. Uh, it had many problems that uh, it tried actually too hard to cram the book into the movie, believe it or not. I, I hardly ever feel that way. Or maybe, I mean, I'm not a screenwriter. Maybe there was a way to do it that would have worked better. Maybe the film needed to be longer. I don't know. And I was particularly annoyed by the climax. Nevertheless, it did it did live up to the book in some ways, uh, and it was fun to see the things that were in your imagination from the book up on the big screen in, in ways you may not have quite imagined it, but in ways that worked. Um, you know, I wish they hadn't rushed to make every plot detail try to fit from the book into the movie. But, uh, yeah, it was a good film. I also give Ender's Game three and a half stars. Number 18, World War Z, three and a half stars as well. 
Um, this is one of the bigger surprises to me this past year. I mean, it had a really, really bad production. Uh, the, the director was fired. Uh, there was a lengthy list of things that went wrong with the film. Uh, and, and you know, the, the troubled production, uh, reshooting things and all that stuff, you wouldn't have expected this film to be any good, but it wound up being one of the better films of the year. Uh, I give it three and a half stars because I did feel like there was a dramatic shift uh, in tone in the third act, and that's because of the rewrites and the reshoots. Um, but it was a good and entertaining film, and I'm, I'm excited to see now that they've established this tone with that third act and especially seem to have gotten the movie back on track. I'm excited to see where they go because there is a, a scheduled uh, pr- uh, sequel in the works. I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, by the way, all of these, uh, if I don't mention it at, as I get wrapped up with a film that I'm mentioning, uh, you will find the links in the show notes. If there, if I wrote a review or if somebody else wrote a review on Movie Byte and if we did a podcast about it, which most of these have at least one of those items, most of them have both, actually. Number 17, Gangster Squad, three and a half stars. Uh, most of the critics didn't really like this film, but I did. Um, I, I, I think for the most part, it was a really good film. Uh, I mean, at three and a half stars, it's not the greatest film ever made, and it could have been better, but um, I, I was really quite satisfied with this film. My wife loved it even more than I did. She went to see it with me. Uh, she doesn't see a lot of films with me because I see so many films, but she saw this one, and uh, it's it's really good. It, it's no Goodfellas. I really love Goodfellas, uh, but, and this film is no Goodfellas, but it is a pretty good modern gangster film. I think part of the problem with this film is that it was so close to the Sandy Hook shooting uh, th- that happened, and that's such a... Uh, a tragic thing, and then I, I think the people and the critics especially couldn't separate it from that and all the brutal gangster violence in, in the film and the shooting and things. Just, it just seemed to add up to, to to turn people against it, and that's too bad because I enjoyed this film quite a lot. Um, I wrote a review, and Joe and I talked about it on the Movie Bite podcast. That was when he was still podcasting with me. So that's how, how early in the year it was. Number 16, Oz the Great and Powerful. Three and a half stars. Uh, this film offered a few disappointments. Uh, had cheesy acting occasionally. It, it overreached a little bit. It had a lack of characterization for the villains, which I found to be a little bit of a theme running through this year's movies. Um, but I like this film. I, I know it's not telling the same story as The Wizard of Oz with Judy Garland, but I like it so much better in the vision of, of what was going on in the land of Oz and, and, and the characterization of the good guys. Um Sam Raimi really turned in a really good film and a, and a visually striking film. Uh, so I, I was really pleased with Oz the Great and Powerful for what it was. Um, and, and, and just uh, I, I love the visual style. I loved what Sam Raimi brought to that. I know the critics didn't like it a lot, but I don't care. I liked it a lot. Joe and I talked about the film on the Movie Bite Podcast, episode 35. 15, Prisoners. I gave this film four, four stars. Uh, had minor flaws. Uh, it had a kind of an unsatisfying ending, really. Um, just a little bit, not enough to really make me turn against the movie, but just a bit unsatisfying. Uh, but it was beautifully photographed, uh, very dramatically told, uh, and, and it certainly will make you uneasy in a good way when you watch this film, I think. Uh, you know, Eric and Michael, uh, Eric Rauch and Michael Minkoff, who do movieology uh, when the mood strikes them, uh, they they did not like the film as much as I did, and they found problems with it that I did not find, and I, I disagree with them, and they disagree with me, and that, that's okay. Uh, Corey Poff wrote the official Movie Bite review. Uh, Joe and I talked about it on the Movie Bite podcast, episode 62. I believe that was Joe and me. I'm not going to look it up right now. Uh, and then uh, Eric and Michael talked about it on movieology with a completely different uh, opinion of the film. Uh, so check all those resources out if you want to know more about Prisoners. Pretty good pretty good uh, film of 2013, I felt. 
Number 14, The Wolverine, four stars. This is one of those films that I wasn't sure. I I felt it could go either way because the X-Men franchise had been uh, really screwed up after X3. And so because X3 was so bad and how do you come back from that and move forward in the timeline, they went back and started doing prequels. Uh, And they did a prequel with The Wolverine. They did a prequel with uh, X-Men First Class. And uh, now this is the first film to be uh, set in a timeline post X3. And it was X3 was such a screw up. I wondered uh, how they could possibly make any good film when they were hampered with such stupidity that had been placed in the timeline of that third film. As it turns out, they actually took those elements that were so bad and made them work well for this film, integrated them in uh, the death of uh, Jean Grey. I'm sorry, that's a spoiler for X3, but that's been out for years. So surely that's okay for me to mention. Uh, the death of Jean Grey really came back to haunt uh, Logan, as you would expect. And, uh, and I think it took a bad situation and the bad elements and made them work in the Wolverine's favor. And I was very happy with this film. I wasn't quite so happy with the climax, but most of the rest of the film completely made up for it. As I said, I give it four stars. And uh, I wrote a review about it, and Chad and I talked about it on the Movie Bite podcast episode 54. Number 13, Red 2, also four stars. I really liked the first uh, Red film. Uh, it had a lot of uh, great sense of humor, um, you know, mostly good humor. I didn't find it to be cheesy or annoying or, or uh, gross or over the top or disgusting. Uh, in, in the primary conceit, I, I, f- I feel like is a really great one. You know, the older retired agents, uh, you know, and the wisdom they've gleaned and, and, you know, the whippersnappers running around trying to stop them or whatever. Uh you know, and, and and so I really loved that first film, and I was not entirely certain the second one would live up, but it did. Uh, I was happy to find out that uh, indeed Red Two is is quite a good film, in in many of the same ways that the first one was, but in in it was also unique in many ways too. So really, really loved that really great uh, film, Red Two, four stars. Chad wrote the review. We talked about it on the Movie Bite podcast, episode fifty three. Number 12, Pacific Rim, uh, four stars. Uh, this is another one that really surprised me. Uh, you know, as a rule, um, if a movie exists purely for that basham, crashem, rock'em, sock'em uh, kind of quality, which it seemed like Pacific Rim, that's why it existed. Um, if, it, if it purely exists for that, that's not a good thing. Uh, and, and I didn't expect to like this film. I, I, I barely drug myself out to the theater to see it. And I was really surprised to find a really great story behind, yes, it has the robots and, and go big or go home and, and all this stuff, but I was really surprised to find that it had a great story driving it. Uh, and, 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 you know, we didn't even get a hint that there was a story driving it in the trailers until the very last trailer, and I was just, uh, I was just surprised at how good it was. I wrote a review. Uh, Fizz and I talked about it on the Movie Bite Podcast episode 52 because Chad was unavailable. Number 11, Star Trek Into Darkness, four stars. Um, I was not overly fond of J.J. Abrams' first reboot film in the Star Trek franchise, uh, Star Trek Eleven, in the order of Star Trek films, uh, simply titled Star Trek, which was also annoying. Um, And I was so completely taken by surprise that this film turned out so good. Yes, it has some annoyances. Yes, it has some plot holes. and All those things kind of fade away in the light of how good the, the film is, how good the story is, how 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 much it struck the right tone for Star Trek. Um, I, I personally would still rather have had more films in the primary universe. I, this reboot thing is not my favorite idea. I would have rather had more with the next-gen cast, uh, maybe even a Deep Space Nine film. 
but, but Star Trek Into Darkness definitely scratched my Star Trek itch in a very good way. It, it was not a perfect film, but it hit the right emotional notes, and I was satisfied with it. I'm, I'm excited also to see what they do with Star Trek Thirteen. I hope they can get away a little bit from this rehash thing, which is where I would have a few problems with Star Trek Into Darkness. But overall, enjoyed it a lot. Joe and I were joined by Anthony Pascal of TrekMovie.com, and we talked about it on episode 45 of the Movie Bite podcast. Also, check out my review. Obviously, I'm going to make sure I write a review for Star Trek being a Trekkie. Number 10, Iron Man 3, four stars. This film did not catch me by surprise because who uh, who wouldn't think that a Marvel film would be good at this point? Marvel's turning out some great films, and uh, you know they're just top-notch films. Uh, and, and now with Joss Whedon's kind of spearheading Marvel's Phase 2, uh, even though he's not directly involved with every film, uh, his philosophy and leadership are really kind of leading and guiding the team. And uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, there's there's not a lot that can go wrong in the Marvel Universe right now. And so Iron Man 3 is no exception to that rule. And uh, I'm very, very happy with it. It gives Iron Man, uh, the first film, a run for its money, which was my favorite pre-Avengers film. Now, I'm not sure. Iron Man 3 is, is pretty good. And as we'll get into Thor also, Thor the Dark World was really good. So, um, Iron Man 2 wasn't great. Iron Man 3 completely makes up for it. Check out my review and the Movie Bite Podcast episode 43 for more. Number 9, Jack the Giant Slayer gets four stars from me. Um, I found this film to be quite delightful. Uh, and, and I do usually with Singer's work. I mean, uh, he... Uh, he, he he directed the film. He did the Superman film, Superman Returns, which gets a really bad rap, and um, I'm not really sure where that comes from. I loved Superman Returns. Uh, it's amazingly awesome. Uh, it, it gives Superman the movie a run for its money, which I also love. Um, I don't think anyone denies that Brian Singer's uh, two X-Men films, the first and the second, uh, are the best in the franchise thus far. Uh, so that that that's not contested. But then we come to Jack the Giant Slayer, and most of the critics didn't like it, and I loved it. I've I've loved most of Singer's work thus far. Uh, so I don't quite understand. I thought it had um, I thought maybe its biggest flaw was the lack of characterization for the villains. Uh, there's that theme again this year. Um, but uh, you know, overall, great. I mean, the characterization of the good guys was great. I I just I loved I loved this film. I felt like the CGI of the giants could have been a little bit better. But hey, you know, uh, great story. Uh, so I did write a review and we talked about it on the movie bite podcast. Number 34, number eight, oblivion gets four stars. Uh, this one was one I wasn't sure about. Um, I I like a good Tom Cruise sci-fi action film. Um, and, uh, I can't say that this film was entirely unique, but it did have a bit of, a bit of originality to it and a lot of style. Joseph Kaczynski really brought great style just as he did to Tron legacy. I really loved, uh, I really loved this film a lot. Um, I think I'm, I'm right in saying this film is every bit as good in its own way as Tron Legacy. And I'm excited to see where Kaczynski goes next. Really love this film. Road Review, Movie Bite Podcast, episode 41 is where we talked about that. Thor The Dark World, also four stars. We're still in the four-star films. I was not shocked, again, that another Marvel film makes my list. Um, and it's, it's interesting, you know, because I was never a big comic book fan. But I have uh, become quite the fan of the Marvel movies uh, way over DC movies, and uh, and I know that's a popular opinion, and uh, you know a little bit of the I have just a bit of a hipster tendency in me to go, oh, if the mainstream likes it, I don't like it, but then I look around at all the other films I like and go, huh, that's actually not true of me. I just think it is, and and so like the mainstream, I do like the Marvel films, and this is definitely way better than Thor. Definitely some of the best film making aside from the Avengers that we have seen in the Marvel universe. Uh, very very happy with the chemistry of the characters. Uh, you know, Loki, of course, is great, and uh, what's not to like? 
read my review, and uh, four of us talked about it on the Movie Bite podcast, episode 68. It was me, Joe, Chad, and Fizz. Number six, The Way, Way Back. I give this one again four stars. Chad talked me into seeing this film. I was hesitant at first. I didn't think it was going to be any good. It looks silly. Um, but you know what? This turned out to be one of my favorite films of 2013. It had charm and uniqueness. It had a great story. Um, and, and, you know, Liam James in, in, in the lead role, uh, no question, without him, the film would not have been any good. But also amazingly good was Sam Rockwell. A stunningly great performance. And all, really all the performances in this film lead to uh, a really good film. It was a really great heartfelt film, really great story, really great cast. Wonderful, wonderful talent brought to this film. Uh, Chad wrote the review because this is really his film. He he talked me into seeing it. He loved it. And uh, I think, I, I, I don't know what films he's seen since then that might trump this, but at the time, this was his favorite film of 2013. Uh, and we did talk about it on the Movie Bite podcast, episode 61. Number five, Captain Phillips, four stars. Paul Greengrass uh, directed this film. Uh, he, of course, gained his popularity with the two Bourne films that followed up on the first one. And, uh, wow, he's back with his exceptional directorial skill and uh, did not disappoint us at all. Uh, this is a really great film, a great look inside the goings-on of the hijacking of the Alabama um, you know, uh, my, my main complaint with this film is that it starts off a little rocky, didn't like what they were trying to do, it didn't work, I should say. I liked what they were trying to do, but it didn't work. But then once you get past that, the film is phenomenal. Uh, it's, it's, it has its quiet moments, but it, it, it has, you know, also the blood-pumping, heart-pounding uh, scenes as well. And, uh, you know, I, the only other complaint I had with this is I wish we had spent a little more time with the Somali Pirates. But, but nevertheless, a fair treatment of what happened, really great, phenomenal film. This one, uh, Chad and I talked about on the Movie Bite podcast, number 65. Number four, The Book Thief, Four Stars. Uh, ba- it, it is based on a fictional story, but it's a great look, I think, at, at what it was probably like living uh, for a somewhat average German family during World War II. Um, it's, it's an utterly delightful film, I felt. Uh, and deeply tragic and sad. Be sure to bring tissues when you see this film. Uh, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll love, you'll hate. Uh, it's a wide gamut of emotions on display here. Um, catch Chad, Chad's and my thoughts on the Movie Bite Podcast, episode 31. All right, we're into the top three now. We're moving on past the four-star territory into four-and-a-half stars, and only three films made the four-and-a-half-star cut this year. And as I explained in my article, um, th- there were no five-star films this year, but that's not, that's not unusual. There are only, I can count on one hand, the uh, films that I would give five stars to. Um, just just one hand. Uh, and I haven't seen every film in the world. There's probably more out there, but I only can think of a couple. Uh, so, so four and a half stars is really my high mark for the year. This means that I really, really love the film. And getting five stars for me is so hard that I count four and a half to be the high mark of the year. So let's see which three films get my high marks of the year. Number three catching fire i was blown away by just how good this film was i mean gary ross's first installment was not horrible it had some issues that i took that i took issue with uh, you know issues that i took issue with whatever um but you know had some quibbles with that film had some problems with the choices gary ross made but overall a really great film a four-star film and i expected this film to be about the same I underestimated francis lawrence the new director in a big way this film improves upon Gary Ross's first film in every conceivable way. It's a continuation of the story, so it, it's not a direct apples and oranges comparison. Maybe the source material was was better suited for a movie. I don't know. But it wasn't just that. The cinematography was also phenomenal. The story was better adapted to the big screen. 
the acting was even better than the first one. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, one of my main issues with Gary Ross was just deciding to shoot everything shaky cam, and Francis Lawrence didn't do that. There was some, you know, there was some motivation behind the camera where it was needed, some shake and some roll and, and whatever during the Hunger Games, but nice, steady cinematography always wins the day for me when when it's called for, and he did a phenomenal job. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what Francis Lawrence does with this franchise in the next two movies based on a single book. Um, I am slightly worried because as I did enjoy the books except for the end. I'm not sure what they're going to do about that or if they're going to stick to the book or if they're going to make it a little better. We'll have to see how that goes. I talked with Chad and Fizz about this movie on the Movie Bite, movie Bite Podcast, Episode 70. Number two, here we go, 42. Uh, that's the Jackie Robinson film, four and a half stars. Um, I'm not a big sports fan. Um, I'm not a big base, baseball fan in general. Um, but I love this film a lot. Um, I, I can't believe that I haven't watched this film again since seeing it in the theater, actually. I, I've, I've got to fix that. It was a great film. Uh, this country has a racism problem, to be sure. Um, and this film addresses that head on. The, the color discrimination going on back in the late 40s and early 50s with Jackie Robinson was uh, – astonishingly bad and this film gets to the root of that i think and it's a really good look in a really great film really well told story really great cinematography i mean just can't say enough good things about this film uh and, and films like this are necessary lest we forget the evils and, and things that happened before in this country that, that that really uh uh were just so horrible to uh to folks of color in this country um i'm, I'm a big I'm, I'm not a big fan of racism in case you've not picked that up Film was well told, well directed, and well acted. Joe wrote the review, and we had a conversation about it on the Movie Bite podcast, episode 40. All right, here it is. Number one, my top movie of 2013 is, you probably already know this if you listen to any of my, or, or read any of my stuff, or listen to any of my stuff, and that is Gravity. The film was intense. It was beautiful. It was emotional. It was terrifying. It was good. It was really good. I mean, I may have cowered in fear under my seat in the theater a couple of times, as, as intense as it was, but no. Uh, seriously, really good film. Really great cinematography mixed with CGI. I have never seen such a well-done way of doing that. Really long takes. I'm sure that was augmented by CGI, but just uh, just really great. Sandra Bullock was amazing in this film. And I mean, I, man, I have a hard time believing that Alfonso Cuaron, uh, the director of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, turned out a film this good. Uh, maybe I'm just not familiar with his other work, but wow, really, really good. He did it. He he made the best film of 2013. Uh, it's, it, it's in this short little blurb. It would be extremely difficult for me to capture any more of my thoughts. So make sure to read my review and listen to Chad and I talk about it on the Movie Bite podcast, episode 64. Well, those are my top 20 films of 2013. I have no doubt, since we're all individuals, we're all humans, we all have our own opinions, I have no doubt that many of you may take issue with one or two or ten or, or all of the films on this list. Um, but the, this is my list. This is, these are the ones that I loved, and I know that I am not with the critics on some of these, And I, but that's that's okay. Um, I, I, the, these are my films. These are the films that made 2013 a good year for film to me. That's all I've got for this episode of The Wrap. Uh, if you want to view the show notes uh, so you can get to the articles or the Movie Bite podcast-specific episode that we talked about it and, and anything else that you want to find, it will be in the show notes at moviebyte.com slash the wrap slash 61. If you would like to keep up with me in the coming year, 2014, to find out how I feel about films and what's going on and, and a whole bunch of other things, uh, I post all kinds of things on my Twitter. Uh, find me at TJ Draper Pro on Twitter. 
course, you can follow Movie Byte to stay up to date in the coming year, 2014, on Twitter, twitter.com slash moviebyte. You can like Movie Byte's Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviebyte. Of course, you'll want to be sure to visit the website where we keep you up to date every weekday at moviebyte.com. That is all I've got this year. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for making it a great year. I hope you have a good rest of the week and a great 2014. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.